welcome back to Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is no the English language about. I'm Track Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a little bit biased. Outside of Berlin, I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter, that is at HEFpod. You can find us on Instagram, that is Hey, I'm Track Frankfurt, Facebook.com slash HEFpod, where all the latest news and information covering the Eintracht in the English language can all be found. And of course, uh, if you want to hurl some abuse at us, join us on the Discord. Hey, I'm Drake Frankfurt. Just got to search in there. You'll be placed into our waiting room. And then uh, one of our gatekeepers will let you in so long as you're not some Offenbacher you are allowed. Or uh, Lillischleinen. I have to stipulate that, even though I have been told from time to time uh, they're not as bad. But, yeah, still still trash in my book. Anywho, uh, Eintracht has been up to some action over the weekend after a wonderful uh, Thursday match, which we covered on our last episode. So here to talk about the weekend and all things in the future for the Eintracht uh, going to Detroit City. To try and find the man who loves Detroit City FC more than anyone else that I know ahead of their ML, uh, clash in the U.S. Open Cup against uh, some team from Columbus, which are some team in Ohio. It is Chris. Hey, yo. Hey, Brian. You know, if there was ever a time that I could get people on board talking U.S. second division, it's this week. Because what happened this weekend, uh, I don't think we want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sounds about right. Uh, we go to a much bigger city than my own Kansas City, or even Detroit for that matter. It's the Big Apple. It is Matt in the Big Apple. Matt, uh, how you doing? Ha- uh, hanging out from the weather, I think. I'm, I'm still drunk from Thursday, Brian. I don't know about you. I honestly <laughs> didn't even know we played this Sunday against Union Berlin. So, uh, I mean, I, I fuck Barca, right? Yeah, we'll get into a little bit more of the Eintracht Barcelona fallout because it's more just what's going on in Spain and what they're talking about in Spain, what they're now talking about in England because, you know, it it takes those guys a while to figure out how to press Google Translate to uh, articles in German and Spanish. Anywho, Eintracht uh, took on Union Berlin. Uh, Let it be known that Union Berlin, unlike Eintracht, has got a midweek game this week against uh, Rosenball Sport Leipzig in the DFB Pokal Final. So you would think, okay, they got an eye towards the Cup semifinal. Nope. Uh, they did not take the eye off of us and ran that ball right down our throat with a long ball from this dude, Kadir, who I think his brother was the German international. Anywho's. Yep. Uh, a hinty looked like a goon. Uh, just got absolutely sideswiped by the Awoni. And uh, Awani scored. They checked VAR. The referee was just like, yeah, whatever. It's it's a goal. And I was at that moment, I was like, well, I know how this. I've seen this story before. I know how this ends. And then there was another goal. Goal scored literally like three minutes later by uh, Union's club captain, Promel. Uh yeah, that's all that really needed to be done, boys. Uh, 2-0 lost. I am going to point out some of the important notes in that uh, there was no Kevin Trapp. There was no Daichi Kamada until he came on at the half. Uh, there was no Bore to be sent to be found at all. There was no Knauf. Uh, I mean, there was no So. There was no Rode. I mean, uh, there was like over half the team that played against Barcelona was on the bench or not even in registered to the bench for the match. And well, our unfamiliarity with some of the guys playing showed hugely. <sighs> well, uh, I mean, yeah, we took we the ones that we took and, uh, th- we got the result that we deserved in my opinion. Yeah. We treated this like a friendly game. I mean, we yeah. all expected this, you know, I thought, you know, I was ready just to kind of still celebrate from the Thursday game. I wasn't really thinking about, <laughs> wasn't really thinking about Sunday, you know? So, I mean, 
I mean, it was, I mean, it, I mean, the first goal, I, 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 I thought it was a foul to be quite honest with you. They would have called that in a, in a Europa League game, let alone against like any team, you know, the fact that it's the Bundesliga, you know, maybe Hinty was still in that Europa mode, but you still shouldn't fall <laughs> down as a last defender there. At least wait for the referee to call it, or at least you show that, you know, you, you're fighting for it. Um, and that second goal just kind of got lucky. I mean, if there wasn't that kind of deflection involved in it, then maybe it didn't like trickle down like that. Um, tough, tough, tough start for Jens Kahl, um, for his like first Bundesliga start in like six, seven years. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm glad Hustich got, got some time. My boy, you know, it wasn't pretty, but you know, at least he got some time. And I mean, on to Sunday, you know, now the boys get a well-deserved rest. I was a little surprised with our whole back lineup being like playing together, but maybe that was just to get, you know, the rust off of Tuta so that, you know, he didn't, you know, felt too left out. So he wouldn't have to play with, uh, with just Hasebe or something like that. So, I mean, I don't know. What did you guys think about it? Crash. <laughs> That's a good word. Um, I think it's pretty clear to borrow an Easter phrase that all our eggs are in a single basket. We're out of any running for Europe through the league now. And Gloucester made that decision before the match started. That, you know, with all due respect for the Bundesliga and where we'd like to be there, our best chance of meeting goals made at the beginning of the season are to go into London and then back to Spain again. And while this was ugly from start to finish, um, it wasn't unexpected. I mean, we, we all expected an emotional letdown. I don't know if we expected it to be that dramatic, but we know better than to, you know, better than to expect the unexpected around here. It happens more often than we really care to discuss. Um, that second goal was crying out loud. That was one of the better goals you're going to see all year in the Bundesliga. No issues with that one. Uh, the first one, I thought Hinty went down a little too soft. He tried to sell it. He's not one that sells things very often, and you could tell um, the the referee was not buying what he was selling there. And um, <laughs> we kind of deserve the loss, but you know it is what it is. We're just kind of over it by Monday afternoon, and that's not common. Bundesliga season's over, you know, it's all about Europa yeah. now. But it's also important that we show up for these matches too. Whether it's a regular starter or a depth player, um, we're going to London here very quickly. And to sit back and, you know, just mail it in and not put up an effort whatsoever is going to get us in trouble in two weeks too. True. But if, you, if you, uh, just to spin zone it here, because I, I still completely agree with you, just to make it more optimistic for us, if we had this team, this lineup, for you know the whole season that we're at right now, we'd probably be in like what 16th, 15th place. And to put up two nothing against Union Berlin, not terrible, sure. not terrible, sure. not terrible. <laughs> and from a statistical standpoint, we weren't awful. We just didn't have quality. You know, we do this against other teams often in the Bundesliga. You know, it was mentioned in our Discord chat that when we play in Europa League against a Barcelona or another top club who has more talent, we sit back and take our chances as they come. Whereas in the Bundesliga, uh, we'll sit there and try to be Manchester City with 70% possession. The problem is they have finishers and we have, you know, Daichi Kamada or uh, he wasn't even out there. That's not fair to put on him. Uh, we have Jesper Lindstrom trying to finish things off. You know, it's just not, it's not anything against the guys that were out there. They were trying, but the emotions of the previous week were far too much for us to overcome that deficit this weekend. I'll just give you, uh, uh, anyone who's listening at this point, they're thinking, come on, try and put a positive spin on this. You know what? We uh, we have talked about how sometimes we've said uh, following a Europe League match, we're like, hey, look, one of these times we're going to be gassed and we're going to need to have a full-scale squad rotation. And this is the closest that we've ever come to that. And we've seen what like we're able to do coming off from the bench. So, all right. Um, it's obvious. Uh, look, I like Paciencia. He is an absolute glue guy, locker room guy that you need on a team. 
But I mean, he was, I mean, he had like one or two bits that were interesting to note. He was working way too hard. He was trying to be like the everywhere man and kind of, I mean, he, it didn't look like whatever game plan was put laid out in front of him that he was putting into play. He just wanted to try and be the hero, try and be the guy who tried to rally the troops to try and uh, do better. I kind of wonder with the confidence of the guys and that were out there, if Kevin Trapp was in between the sticks, would our defense have looked as suspect as it did? I'll let you take this first, Chris. Um, I don't know if it would have changed the look of the defense, but I think we come out a little bit more organized um, in transition. When Kevin Trapp gets the ball, he has a very, very methodical way about deciding whether he's going to play it outside quick, play it up the middle, or take his time and and then kick it long. Um, I didn't think we had that same sort of confidence playing out the back that we do when he's back there because he's such a vocal leader. You know, in addition to being a great goalkeeper, he's constantly directing players and telling them where to be and what to do. And with a makeshift lineup, you kind of need that that person in the back who's directing traffic. And we didn't have that this weekend. Matt. Yeah, I mean – Here's my thought on it. And like, I'm only saying this from a player's perspective here because I've been put in the situation as well. You know, when your starters are super, super tired and you as a bench player, you get put in the field into a, you know, regular season game and, you know, not all the other starters are with you. Yes, there is that hunger where you're like, okay, like I'm getting some minutes here, time to show what my worth is. Like, let's let's get this, let's get the ball rolling here. But then there's also another mental uh, mental block where it's like, all right, like I'm still playing with like other second teams here. Like, yes, this is a season game, but you know this is nothing regular from the day to day when they do like you know a possible full scrimmage, uh, you know, uh, a full squad scrimmage. So, um, yes, you know, the confidence definitely isn't there just because, you know, these players aren't really proving themselves. It's just another game just to get them, you know, running and stuff like that. And the players know that as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with you, uh, Brian. I definitely think they lacked confidence just be, but just because of that, um, you know. Well, I think I looked down at this roster and I thought that Hristic had a few moments, but I mean, once you guys, when you when you go down to goals as early as we did, you knew that the, that chasing things was not going to be a way that we were going to come back into this. But the only way that this team that got trotted out, which was, I mean, with the amount of changes that had been, uh, you know, put put into play, you knew for a fact that. This would be a team that needed to be sound defensively to allow themselves to grow into the match, to gain some confidence, and then kind of come out hitting. It, if I could think back to a match uh, earlier this season, um, the uh, match away to Antwerp, we looked at like absolute dog dump, like throughout like the first what 55 60 minutes but then you start seeing the team grow into it and we ended up coming away with a win and that's what i saw in this lineup but hey you know what end of the day uh yeah we we were in such a spot that honestly if we didn't win the season was over with and considering the fact that like if we had won okay Playing devil's advocate, you get 42 points. Hey, guess what? You're still only in ninth place. You're three points behind, uh, excuse me, four points behind Cone with 46, who defeated uh, uh, Gladbach at the weekend. And that's if seven, it does if Hamburg doesn't win the Polkow. That seventh place then becomes, you know, the next uh, European place. Because that's where we've kind of come to accept this team to be in recent years. We are a European chasing team. That's why you're seeing us, unlike other teams of the Bundesliga, actually thriving. Whilst an Union just trips over their feet in the Europa Conference League and doesn't even get out of the group phase. Uh, all jokes aside, they're currently in sixth place while we are with their win. And yeah, if we even if we had beaten them, 
we still would have been two points behind him in the league standings. Uh, Burling, if we want to have anything bigger uh, to play for, there's nothing bigger to play for than the Champions League. And even at us falling at the finals or any even the semifinals hurdle, Still, we knew this was going to be a transition era as we had so much change happen in the offseason. I still am looking at this team and I'm like, you know what? It's okay to put your eggs all in one basket because guess what? You've got Hertha, you got Bielefeld, you got Greutherford, you got Augsburg that are miles behind, that seem miles behind us. And uh, I ain't all too worried about those guys, needless to say, because, you know, Hertha's basically going to play everyone who's in the relegation scrap anyways. So someone's going to fall. And that means that, uh, you know, in the worst case of worst cases, we're still safe. Yeah, Brian, if we're going to shine a turd, um, <laughs> let's just say, I mean, let, let's just be honest that it's it's a good thing that Glasner made this decision and stuck with it. Because, you know, we've had too many times in the past where we said, let's go to rotation and protect either the league run last year or a Europa League run in previous years. And then we kind of teetered back and forth, whether we're committing to one or the other. And then we kind of got shut out of both. Um, This is a, (laughs) you know, this was a tough decision because it's not fun to watch your team just flounder in a match that they should be more competitive. But you know what? We made a decision. We stuck with it. And I support Glasner for that. I have no reason to question his judgment at this point. Yeah, we got to start giving his flowers now because I know I've definitely been very critical of him way before. But, you know, it, it takes time to bloom with this with the Moody Diva, you know, and Glasner's <laughs> doing it beautifully, you know. Like, I'm trying to think of a plant that, like, you know, first like blooms fairly ugly but like you know blossoms into something beautiful i mean we'll just go with the butter caterpillar to a butterfly here you know um that's <laughs> just a butterfly now he's a dainty beautiful beautiful butterfly for us right now so there um, we go. yeah i mean i i trust in glass and i trust in the og I can get on board with that. Plus, I'm not exact. I'm looking more towards tuning up the squad, allowing ourselves to get a little bit of R and R. Because when you have so many, when you have the matches kind of squished in the way that we had them, I was looking towards this kind of resetting of the resetting of the team in a way. In that, uh, you know, six days rest, the uh, six days rest training, and then Hoffenheim before you then. Uh, take on West Ham where you at least have a full well, close enough to a full week to be able to kind of prepare yourself for this huge 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 semifinal because you know we're thinking uh, oh god don't we face like uh, Leverkusen on like a Monday because of uh, god uh, uh, Mayday yeah. yeah so we, like, we've, we face uh, Leverkusen on the mon- Monday the 2nd of May because they won't play any games on May the 1st. Uh, that's gonna That might make us really gasp, but hey, at least we'll be playing uh, home leg in the second match. But anyways, we've talked enough about the Eintracht Union. It's now time to talk about the, si- the part of the club that has made us happy pretty much all season long. The Eintracht Frauen are back in action this weekend. They're going to be taking on Leverkusen, lo and behold. And this is kind of crunch time for the ladies because only got uh, only got three matches left to the season, fellas. They've been doing well. Uh, the last couple matches had been uh, kind of yikes. Two losses in a row before uh, the victory right before the international break when uh, when I mean, it's trying to write write the ship right as you're uh, headed to the international break is always uh, key because that Wolfsburg result and uh, that was uh, that was that was a rough one to uh, kind of stomach. But uh, beating Yena the way that we did that kind of got things back going in the right direction. You got Eintracht taking on Leverkusen at the weekend, as I mentioned. You have Potsdam and Hoffenheim who are both right above uh, the Eintracht at this moment if uh hoffenheim were to win uh likely uh eintracht would still be in fifth place just on goal difference because we're expecting to win but the eintracht ladies it's all in hand and 
long as they need a little help on the outside, I think it's going to happen on the outside because basically, uh, Wolfsburg, Bayern, uh, those are they're going to have some matches against Hoffenheim and Potsdam each, and uh, the chances for Champions League qualification are still there. So, uh, ladies, do us proud. Yeah, Brian, the chances are there. Um, I don't think they're very likely. We got a couple tough matches to end the year here. Um, I look back, you know, with three matches left, trying to compare to where we were last year. Um, I mean, we finished the year sixth, so the drop or the the jump from six to five at this point isn't much to brag about. But when you consider through 20, 22 matches last year, we had 30 points total. Mm-hmm. And now with three matches left, we're sitting at 37. There is a tremendous improvement. Um, we kind of all thought this year that we were still a year away from competing for Champions League. At least I did. I know you had outside hopes. Um, still do. That Freiburg fact, result just ugh, yeah. can't get over it. But the fact that that we're even in that discussion at this point is a good good progress for where we are in building this and there's everything on the table here as far as you want to play meaningful games at the end of April, and that's what you're doing right now. Um, one loss will kind of sink that opportunity, but the first one up is against a team who's 15 points behind us in the table in Leverkusen, a team that really does not stop uh, anybody from scoring. So I think we have to do a good job of putting the ball in the net. I mean, that's genius you know <laughs> win the game by scoring goals it sounds stupid but sometimes <laughs> that's a great way to do it have a hard time great doing strategy it. um but in the first match back in was it november or december uh with leverkusen uh laura prashnikar got a nice goal out of that one and um we need those leaders to step up and end the season strong and get everyone we got pretty much the entire roster minus our um our starting goalie, Meryl Fromm, she'll be leaving. But beyond her, most of our top starters are returning. And we have everything to, to show at the end of this year how we intend to go into next year. Mm-hmm. Anything we want to add, Matt, before we move on to hashtag what are we drinking? Let's go Frauen. I mean, they're getting, they're, they, they help us. They help us pretty much, you know, help grow the brand and stuff like that. You know, if, and they showed you know, up we, in Barcelona too. Yeah, yeah. no, I was just going to, I was just going to say that too, that the My whole bad. gang was there as well. Um, got it. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, I mean, the, the, the Frauen are such a crucial part to, you know, helping grow the brand. You know, if it's not us making the Champions League, you know, they should be making the Champions League too so that, you know, they can just continue to grow the brand and start bringing in more, you know, income into the club and bringing more, you know, uh, big names to the club. So, I mean, yeah, it was tough, but, you know, on to Leverkusen and, you know, it's just going to be a huge energy booster for us for, uh, you know, to finish up the season in a strong way. 100%. All right. Next is hashtag what are we drinking? Matt, what do you got for us? I'm keeping it simple here because I had to raid my mother's fridge. Um, she's got some coronas <laughs> here, so I'm drinking chicken and nice stuff. There you go. Matt, what do you got? I'm actually Chris. <laughs> I'm Chris, drinking a nice cerveza uh, for my mom's fridge. I've been drinking already. <laughs> so. I'm sticking local tonight, as I like to do. I'm with Founders, uh, Four Giants IPA. It's it's a bit much for an I. I mean, IPAs are pretty high ABV anyway, but this one clocks in at 9.2%. It's the Four Giants IPA, and um, I fully intend to have a headache at work tomorrow morning. Matt, that there sounds really juicy. All right, boys, I'm going. Yeah, I have been drinking a little bit tonight, and it's uh, actually a little bit of Michigan's finest. Um, so going with the gin and ginger because I felt I needed to have something a little stronger to get me through this episode. And uh, yeah, if Chris can already tell which ginger I'm using. There's only one ginger ale worth a damn in this world. <laughs> yes, Werner's goes well with uh, my Rieger's uh, gin that I got down at the liquor store the other day. Uh, 
Rieger still has not got a lot of distribution outside of Kansas City. So, uh, yeah, but Furners does go well with the gin. So if you need a kind of quick run to the store, you know, get them both. Load up and uh, liquor yourself up. So that's going to wrap it up for segment one of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. Stay with us for segment two, where we start talking about things that are going on in Barcelona and the fallout from Eintracht kicking some ass. So stay with. Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. The Eintracht, of course, we mentioned moving on in the Europa League. We're going to be facing off against West Ham United. Those people are already talking about how, no, you cannot sell to any German fans. I wonder where this comes from. Oh, yes. So in the fallout from Eintracht defeating Barcelona, it's been nonstop blaming it on the uh, ticketing people. And the socios selling, the t- how dare they sell these tickets to the Eintracht fans? It is just a bunch of like excuse making people who can't just uh, straight up say, put the hand up and say, you know what, we uh, were the cause of our own defeat here. Uh, this is the same Barcelona team that, uh, as we record today, had just fallen in La Liga to relegation uh, survivalist Cadiz. 1-0 at the Camp Nou. I mean, these guys, they they can't come up with anything that kind of uh, makes them look good. And so they have to blame Eintracht fans and the ticketing people for the reason why the team didn't go good was because there were too many Eintracht fans out there. You know what? If you really wanted to have a team that won, a team that was driven on by its fans... How about you actually get your fans to show up? Because if your fans are selling the tickets to like Eintracht fans because, you know, you don't want to go. You're like, ugh, Europa League. It's like, you know what? Get out. Don't complain about being in the competition. Like, this is a competition that we actually care about. We have tens of thousands of fans. This is not the first time that it's happened, and it will continue to happen going forward. Just realize that, you know what? You can whinge all you want, but at the end of the day, this is a club who's got fans who will travel, and if you don't want to have any away fans traveling, don't sell tickets at all. And you know what, Barcelona? They're not saying no. Their accountants, uh, accountants are not saying no to the fact that they had millions upon millions of euros of tickets sold that otherwise would have been just empty seats collecting dust. Well, here's the thing. If they were so freaking pissed that all these Frankfurt fans bought their tickets, why don't you exactly figure out how much it costs for 30,000 fans to get in there and then donate the money somewhere else to prove yourself that, oh, we don't want this kind of money from you know non-Barcelona fans. But here's the thing. You said it right, Brian. You know, the accounts are going to keep the money and say, thank you very much, but we're just going to still complain here. And it's just so, so bogus to me that, you know, here is Barcelona, one of the biggest clubs in the world, finally meeting up with the most, probably the most passionate club in the world. And here they are bitching about like how, you know, the away fans kind of took over and like kind of broke them. Hey, don't fucking bitch at us for your, you know, 15 game unbeaten streak, get shattered by us. And you can't even be a, uh, uh, you know, last team, t- uh, you know, last place team in the league, let alone blame it on us buying your purchases and funding your players who are, might I add, you know, taking lower wages just to be part of your club. You know what, guys? I guarantee you now those players, after seeing our fan base, they probably would take a lower, uh, you know, pay cuts to play for us, just knowing who they're playing for. It's it's embarrassing to be, you know, a Barca fan right now. Yeah. Um, we were talking about it offline uh, or off this podcast on our Discord chat, and one of our listeners happened to be there, a uh, loyal listener from Austria was at the match, and she said when they walked up to the stadium, um, they were selling tickets. 
right out of the window. If you were so concerned that morning, they're selling tickets out of the window to Germans walking up. It wasn't until later in the day that they closed the window. If they were so concerned about that, they never would have sold those tickets to begin with. And they knew what was coming before, before match day. They knew in the days prior when flights were being booked, when flights were being chartered, when buses were being chartered. This isn't new. We've done it in every other country. And Barcelona would not have complained if they had won. If they had won, they would have said, we overcame these cocky German fans. Um, but the narrative changed as soon as they lost. They became victims with their coach saying we were robbed in our own home. And it's it's frustrating beyond belief that uh, I'm not one to rant on media things because I think ranting about the media is one of the lowest ways of like proving a point. But how many publications from around the world have tried to defend Barcelona in this and say there's a problem. There's not a problem. One of the big-time money makers lost out on the opportunity to make money, and that's what's the problem here, is that Barcelona needs money, and they made money off us, don't get me wrong, but what would have made them more and UEFA more and FIFA more was if Barcelona was playing for silverware. And the fact that they're not, and the fact the fact that they won't be in a Super Cup matchup in August, makes them look bad. It makes UEFA look bad, and that's what they're pissed off about. And that's what bugs me that the story has gone from this is a Frankfurt uh, celebration to this is a Barcelona funeral, and that pisses me off. I didn't feel so bad for the the really early on in the match. You saw the one, the couple of the Eintracht fan, a shot of the Eintracht fans in the lower bowl air part of the camp night. Which, folks, this is one of the biggest stadiums of the world. So obviously, like there would have been some room for <laughs> there would have been some room for extra fans to get in. So I mean, if you're still complaining about, you know what? If you're complaining about the way fans getting in because so many associates have turned back your tickets i mean your stadium which apparently from some people said wow looks kind of old and dilapidated uh maybe when you renovate your stadium next which is apparently up uh up to do for barcelona maybe you should uh when you renovate your stadium make it smaller because apparently it's just way too big for you guys at this moment in time when because you're not uh in the you're not challenging for the Champions League, and I don't see you challenging for the Champions League anytime soon. You might be able to challenge La Liga soon, but I mean, to be fair, once you get outside of the top six to eight clubs, you kind of drop off, like you really drop off the face of the earth, in my opinion, because I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Espanol, they might be an inner city rival, but it's basically like Eintracht versus uh, FS Val Frankfurt. Like the disparity between the differences between the two are vast. I mean, a Valencia, okay, like that's a team that could push Barcelona if they wanted to. Obviously, both Madrid clubs can do it, uh, both Sevilla clubs can do it. I guess you'll throw in Villarreal and both big Basque teams and. Nothing against Cadiz. Look, I have a great appreciation for Cadiz. Uh, I know of Cadiz because there used to be a CONCACAF base player who was such a party hound that even Diego Maradona said, yep, can't keep up with him. Of course you <laughs> know a- this. Of course you know <laughs> like, this. I mean, then you got these other clubs that in Spain that they are the Mites. They are the Augsburgs of the world. And... I know I got on a little bit of rant here, but like when Barcelona is not competing for like the biggest prize, it's because like you got so comfortable with, you know, winning La Liga so many years in a row, like that the Real Madrid fans were like, well, we're still beating, we're still winning the Champions League. So they didn't feel so bad. But I mean, Barcelona's (laughs) obsession with the absolute pinnacle of things has allowed them to take their eyes off the ball and suddenly they're realizing that hey, we are not going to be able to compete for Europe, something a certain team in Bavaria is going to find out really, really, really quickly if they don't change their act and it's going to have long-term ramifications and their fans are going to you know, squawk about the minute 
details of life. And uh, then they're going to be uh, cutting Javi loose because, hey, we haven't won the Champions League yet. You need to be fired. Just like the Bayern fans are now calling for Nagelsmann's head right now. And I'm not joking about that. You know, Brian, let me put it one more twist on this, too. Um, this isn't the first time Frankfurt's gone into another city and, you know, helped boost a club by buying a shitload of tickets and filling a stadium. Not to that You're percentage. You're talking about Bordeaux? We haven't done it to that percentage in the past, but we've gone to Bordeaux, we've gone to Porto, we've gone to Olympiacos, we've gone to um, places in Inter, Turkey and Italy. And I mean, we go everywhere with, you know, 10,000 in tow, 12,000 in tow. This is by far the most. And, but, you know, even when we went to places with great followings like Porto and Bordeaux, um, nobody complained about it. They probably weren't happy about it, you know, but it's if you don't like what we're doing, buy your club's tickets. That's it's as simple as that. And it's not just buy the tickets or break you with rules and don't allow away fans to, to attend. Sure. Whatever you want to do is fine, but to complain about it act after the fact simply because you lost. That's the whole thing here. Um, if they had won, I said it already, but I'm going to say it again because I'm fucking pissed and I already poured this whole second beer. Um, if they had won, we would not be having this discussion. We're having this discussion because they lost and they cannot get over the fact that they lost to lowly Frankfurt. They had 13 extra minutes to beat us too and they couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. Like. The, like it's 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 just so unfathomable. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's Maybe what, here, deserved, here's but. here's what makes me sleep like a fucking baby. Though you can tell that Xavi, Obama, Yang, uh, Gabi, Sergio Busquets, Laporte, all these guys are having nightmares of Frankfurt chance singing Europa Cup, Europa Cup, and diesem Jahr. Eintracht Frankfurt, Eintracht Frankfurt, SKA, SKA. Like they are sleeping, they are fall, they having nightmares with us in their memories and uh, like in their definitely. in their dreams and stuff. And I mean, in all honesty, <laughs> Wait, the last time Tristan and heard fans like that was when he was at Godback, when they used to be, you know, competing for things, which they no longer do. Yeah, they're, probably, they're probably having phone calls with their agents too, saying, "Hey, this isn't what Barcelona sold me on. Find me somewhere with better following." Yeah, exactly. And and the beauty of it is more at the same time is the more they complain, the more we get mentions, and I'm I'm all for it. You know, the more our which name gets fine, into the media I line and be stuff. Mentioned is that that team that's 10th in the table that beat Barcelona because over 180 minutes we played better than them in 175 of them. That's it's, what I want yeah. the discussion to be on because, you know, Kostic played his ass off. Kevin Trapp played his ass off. Instead, we're talking about ticket sales. And for me, it's great that we beat them, but this whole thing is taken on the narrative in a whole different direction to try and – it's not to try and put us down. It's to try and soften the blow against Barcelona. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And the, the, and Kostic, Hinty, the, all those guys need to get a lot more, you know, light shed on them. I a thousand uh, percent agree with you more. But like, that's not is what going to get clicks, which is unfortunate in this media world right now. You know, sure. it's all about hey, the more I say Barcelona, the more it's going to come up in SEO. So um, it, it's. It's, it's just not how the world works. It's like, it's, it's, this, uh, I'm not going to say this would be very controversial, but it's, it's exactly the same. Like, it, it, it's just one of those things that you wish you could be, but you just can't. But, um, I was just going to say something too that just kind of escaped my thought about like how, um, us having 30,000 people like in this, in a, in a, a waste or in, in a stadium. Did we like break a like unofficial, like away fans record for a game that's not at a neutral site? Because I feel like 30,000 away fans is kind of unheard of. I mean, we took practically half of the largest soccer stadium in Europe, which, by the way, is, you know, a two-hour flight away. I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind we took a record or at least set a standard that nobody's ever going to be able to upstage. We'll just claim the unofficial official record right now for the most away fans until someone else could disprove otherwise. We, I mean, I know we're a little biased, but we, Brian, at the beginning of the show, when you talk about the greatest club in Germany, the greatest club in the world, all that stuff, 
Um, we say it about it. the club, but the club is the people. And we literally showed that there is nobody in Europe, that there's nobody in the world who can travel the way we can when we want to do it. And I, I've already been talking to people who are ready for the next one, whatever that is, because you know it won't be London. But wherever it is next year, whether it's Helsinki for the Super Cup, hopefully, could you imagine that? I mean, that would be unbelievable. Fans, I mean, how many? I don't know how many sponsors and everything. Everyone would take up uh, tickets for the Super Cup at the Olympic, which is going to be held in Helsinki at the Olympic Stadium in Helsinki, which has gotten a total revamp over the kind of dilapidated looking thing that uh, uh, Radecki used to uh, uh, play Netminder for. Well, he still technically does, but anyways, we've ha- we've had a lot to uh, rant and rave about Barcelona's complaints about us just bringing the noise, of which pat on the back to anyone who made the trip out there. You are wonderful, and we love you so, so much. Boys, we do have a match at the weekend, though, we have to discuss, and I've been waiting to discuss this for a second. It's Eintracht and Hoffenheim, a Hoffenheim club who has uh, two points from its uh, last five matches and hasn't been ill to w- do much on the away end for quite a few minutes. And uh, yeah, I kind of like the chances of Eintracht in this one. Because it's tuning up for West Ham United, and gotta go. We're going all in, but you've got to get. But we've got to get our heads straight and get ready, like because it's literally going to come. Not so much on the heels. You can almost you with as I mentioned, kind of five days after the Hoffenheim, you can go all out against Hoffenheim so as to get yourself perfectly tuned and ready to play against West Ham United because do you know what? That team's not gonna that team's in their own for semifinal cup semi European Cup semifinal since the mid seventies. Um we won the Europa Pokal in nineteen eighty and this is the first time that they've been this far since the seventies of which I think they won one then uh I can't really remember anyways um and they'll, they won't be taking this lightly at all. So, yeah, guys. Eintracht Hoffenheim. I'm liking uh, our chances against Hoffenheim because of what they've been doing recently. But then again, we are the Diva. So, uh, like all likelihood is that we're going to be the uh, solution to uh, the cancer's play that Hoffenheim has done. Uh, at the weekend, they had a nil-nil draw with Greuther Firth. No, that pain. <laughs> so why not? Why not? Uh, why not go all in on uh, Hoffenheim? And what do you guys think? Yeah, I definitely think we'll go all in because you know we kind of got to get the game go- going a little bit. You know, everyone had their break. We we're all like, you know, just came off a good big celebration. So you know, now it's time to focus. You know, this is going to be a very very strong week of training, I believe, for our boys. Um, you know, we're going to continue to, you know, keep the high press going. So, um, you know, Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim's going to think we may come in light in this game a little bit because we have that big game on Thursday. But I see us going full on hardcore for at least like 60 to 70, 75 minutes or so. And then, you know, depending on what the score is and whatnot, we'll probably let loose up like the gas, whether we're up or they're up or whatever the situation is. But, you know, Hoffenheim can at least guarantee 60 to 75 minutes of just pure, pure, you know, high press from us. Yeah, I think we're going to try and set the stage uh, for our run to the finish here with what happens this week. We wrote off the last match. Uh, Oliver Glasner knows we can't write off two in a row. Um, Hoffenheim, it doesn't have an entirely lethal attack. Um, they they got one everything guy. in um, Andre Kramerich. Yep. Yeah, and that's he's about cold. It. Yeah, uh, they haven't all season. They've kind of done everything under the radar, even against us. That back and forth, ugly three two loss we had back <laughs> in December was just back and forth. Oh my god! They don't do anything pretty. It's not not that you have to. I mean, we never do. But if there was ever a bounce back opportunity against a team higher than us in the table, this is going to be it. 
I mean, shoot. What about you, Brian? Couple, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think it's... Uh, let's look at what they have done their last couple matches. So, the last positive result I would take from them, well, they uh, defeated Cohn. Uh, what was that? Match day 25. That was a long time ago, beginning of March, over a month ago. Uh, that was on the road. They then had a 1-1 draw with Bayern. Since then, it's been crap. They lost 3-0 to Hertha, for God's sakes. Away to Hertha. They lost Yikes. then. They went home and they lost to Bochum 2-1. Okay, we've lost to Bochum 2, but that was on the road in our defense. You know, they had then they better. went to Leipzig and the following weekend and whilst Leipzig was dealing with, you know, uh, that was the match in between uh, 1-1 draw with Atalanta and uh, what then was well, uh, 2-1 uh, victory over Atalanta. <sighs> I just put three. It was a three to nil victory that they just put to bed in the first half, and they're like, "Yep, lights out, click." I mean, and Grotefer's match at the weekend. This Hoffenheim team is just like, I mean, this kind of relegation form that they're kind of showing right now. That otherwise they'd be right up there challenging like Leverkusen and Freiburg for the Champions League spots. And I think that they might still just be in this kind of funk, whatever they're in. And hey, take advantage of that. Pop in a few goals. And next thing you know, we're heading off to London. Uh, full confidence. And the boys will want that against a team that's just going <sighs> to... Well, Sam's going to give us fifth, so why not uh, put Hoffenheim to the sword and a good old-fashioned uh, 2-1 victory in front of the home fans who quite a number of them will not be able to attend the match in the home match against West Ham and the home and the away match against West Ham but there's going to be enough fans who will want to have their you know have their moment cheering on the Eagles as they win and uh, that will provide a wonderful wonderful moment for our fans in the lead up to one of the most important matches we've had if uh, since COVID. Okay, Brian. You... Which is kind of crazy to say with, as a Frankfurt fan. Like, that's not, that's something you say a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's two years. That That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool yeah. indeed. Okay. Yeah, 2-1 uh, to the Eintracht. Chris, your prediction. Uh, you've convinced me to up my pick a little bit in our favor. I was going to go with a 2-1 loss. Mm. I'm going to bump it up to a 1-1 draw now. It's yeah, because of the recent of form that I talked about, wasn't it? Yeah, well, their recent form, but also we're not great, but we're not as bad as what we showed over this last weekend. And we're going to go back to much of our regular lineup. Probably not the full lineup. Obviously, Kevin Trapp probably won't be back um, for another week or so. But yeah, we're going we're gonna to pull out a draw. Is that yeah, because Jamal I mean, we'll so will be back? Will he be back? I don't think so. I hope not. Why, why uh, would we? Yeah. Yeah, he needs to chill. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you, Chris. I think it's a tie as well. I mean, if anything, I think it'll be a 0-0 zero, zero draw. Um, I mean, you guys put it perfectly last week where, you know, we really just play opponents like a mirror image. You know, we can play Barcelona, play like Barcelona-esque soccer, where then we can play Groza Fuerts and play Groza Fuerts-esque soccer. So, I mean, <laughs> it really depends, you know, how we play Hoffenheim against Hoffenheim as Hoffenheim Part 2. Um, but I think it's going to be a zero, 0 draw. I think it's going to be kind of a – it'll be a, a boring game, but, like, definitely more exciting in terms of, like, a lot of chances and stuff like that. I do think Kevin Trapp may play. Um, just to see, you know, how it's going and stuff like that with his wrist. But yeah, I think zero zero. You know, I I'd like to see Kevin Trapp in there, but especially a wrist injury, which could get worse if he takes the ball the wrong way. That's something you can test out in practice. It's not a fitness issue. You don't need to run him out there. Just work on it on the training ground and bring him back when he's a hundred percent. All right. Yeah, well, I'll give you that. <laughs> there we go, folks. Two matches for the weekend. Eintracht Frauen uh, against Leverkusen. And then Eintracht uh, Min taking on uh, Hoffenheim at the Waldstadion. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun weekend to be had with uh, an exciting European night 
soon to follow. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, I'm Jack Frankert. I'd like to thank both Matt and Chris for joining me on this one. Uh, Matt, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? You can find me on Twitter at wag underscore M8. And then obviously you got to follow our Instagram page at Hey, I'm Jack Frankfurt. There we go. Uh, Chris, where can we find you when you're not uh, booing the Tigers at uh, Comerica Park? Actually, tomorrow I'll be uh, lighting smoke bombs at Keyworth Stadium. There we but, go. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Support Discord, local soccer. Instagram at C in the D three one three, and tomorrow's hashtag of the day earmuffs hashtag fuck Ohio. Uh, you know, uh, to our Ohio <laughs> listeners, you know, he it's 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 because he's from Michigan. You know, I don't see you don't see the other. Uh, 48 states, you know, throwing mud at you. So we keep, all hate keep that. Keep all, that in all 49 of us hate you. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. You can follow us on Instagram. As Matt said, hey, I track Frankfurt. Drop us a line on email. That is hey, I track Frankfurt at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash HEFpod for all your latest information in the news uh, coming to Eintracht and the English language soon to be coming to be replaced likely by a full-fledged website that will have everything that ever could be needed to cover the Eintracht knowledge and just a little bit more, you know, because we got the day by podcast in my finals here, so hoping that Union beats Leipzig just because that is what it is. And uh, Hoff, uh, Hamburg versus Freiburg, I kind of don't really care who wins on that one, just so long as Leipzig loses. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be some good watching, folks. So follow us on all of our platforms. Follow us on Discord. That is a Hey Eintracht Frankfurt on Discord, and we always uh, send out those invitations here and there. So those links are still good. So join us in there for nonstop Eintracht discussion at all times therein. So that's gonna wrap it up this episode of the podcast number two hundred and eighteen. Just kind of chugging away. We'll be back uh, uh, after the Eintracht-Hoffenheim game to preview Eintracht versus West Ham United. So don't miss that one, to be sure. And until next time, choose. But the club is the people. And we literally showed that there is nobody in Europe, that there's nobody in the world who can travel the way we can. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la.